Making sales social to me, honestly, just means being a human being when you're selling, right? So that's what social media is for. That's what social is. It's about that human to human connection. That's so good. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. And I'm Bryn Tillman. And so Bryn, who's our guest today? We have one of our new partners and good friends, Mandy McEwen, who I am so excited because has a whole perspective on content and thought leadership that our audience is going to get so much value from. So hi, Mandy. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Just share a little bit about you. Yes, for sure. So I am the founder and CEO of an agency called Mod Girl Marketing that I created back in 2010. And we focus on building influential personal brands for executives, uh, entrepreneurs, and executive teams leveraging LinkedIn primarily, but of course we also leverage the other lovely social channels. And we are all about organic thought leadership marketing at Mod Girl. So great. So, so Mandy, we ask every guest on the, on the show, the very first question we ask them all this. So what does making sales social mean to you? Making sales social to me, honestly, just means being a human being when you're selling, right? So that's what social media is for. That's what social is. It's about that human to human connection. And so when I hear, you know, social selling, that's, that's what it is to me. It's, it's building those relationships socially and allowing the world to see how amazing you are and your organization is by sharing those things socially, but not as a one-sided uh, arena, right? It's all about giving value, engaging, and building relationships. It's not just let's throw a bunch of stuff out on social and the sales are going to come in, right? It's about the people, the people behind it. That's so good. So good. And, and what I'm excited about today is the last few weeks, we've been really heavy on the sales side. And so this week we get to talk to a marketing pro. And, and so the next question, I guess, where I want to go with this is, you know, from the digital marketing world, how do you, what are you teaching your clients how to transform that into the social selling world? So good question there. It's, it's interesting how things have shifted to um, just really, I would say just in the last five years and really in the last, last year uh, since the pandemic. But before, you know, when I started out as a, as a digital marketer back in 2007, kind of the wild, wild west, there was really no emphasis on the human to human uh, connection when it came to digital marketing. It was just let's throw up a bunch of SEO friendly, like keyword stuffed blog articles. And I did the same thing, right? And let's get it ranked on Google, let's throw up some PPC ads and let's drive some sales. You know, that was it for a long time, a lead magnets that send people to a free download. And then let's send them a ton of email, you know, drip emails and, you know, call it good. And this new shift, thank the Lord that's been happening is 
on the human to human, you know, social aspect of it and, and really coming from a place of value and showcasing the humans behind your brand, but not only that, but building quality relationships and helping people. It's not just about, you know, throwing stuff out there and making sales. It's about genuinely making an impact because not only do you help and inspire the communities that you're in and people that follow you, but it comes back tenfold to you because you're building up your authority. And I say you in the sense of a brand in general, right? right? It could be an individual, it could be a company in general, but you're building this up. And so you're this trusted authority that people, you know, they respect and they trust. And there's so much value there because people are coming to you. Not only that, but you're, you're able to positively impact and inspire the industry you're in. So I love that. I want to go one deeper on that. And I'm going to go another deeper. So go okay yeah so we'll I, I, I want to touch on the authority piece and the thought leadership piece mm -hmm. what does it take to show up as a thought leader and to be that authority a lot more than what people think right so for one mindset is is huge and key you you have to have the confidence that you are the authority figure and these are subject matter experts within organizations too right so working with a company, like we, we want people that are confident in their expertise and their knowledge and their experiences. So one is, is confidence, right? Confidence. And I mean, knowledge is first, like you have to know what the heck you're talking about, right. And be experienced in it. But the second thing is mindset and confidence and knowing that what you have genuinely is valuable and your, your unique experiences are valuable and it can make a difference in your organization and for people. Right. So that's one. And the second thing is you have to show up. You have to be consistent. You can't just throw some stuff up one week and then take a break for two weeks and then do it again. Right. So it's, it's mindset, you know, confidence and then consistency, honestly. And we're not even like, these are so important, but not even talking about content, right. Let's not even talk about the value of content. Just those two things alone. If you don't have them, then it's pointless. Don't even try. And then so, one more, one more, I have to go, go how do you it, capture that? What do you do to capture that confidence and that knowledge? Ego boosting. <laughs> so obviously capturing, you know, the, the genius, as you say, Bren, um, from, you know, from people's brains and, and putting it out there, but and giving feedback along the way, right? So, and this is whether you work with someone or whether you're doing this internally with your team, it's so important to give people the confidence because even the most confident leaders in the world, they still need people to tell them, yeah, that is good. Yeah, that is gonna make a difference, right? And then just getting different perspectives on that. But it's all about teamwork, whether you're working with a, you know, an outsourced provider like you or I, or whether you're doing this internally, it really is a group effort. And so you have to encourage your people to, you know, continue on. And, and even if you, you do something and it, it flops, right? Like you can't just be like, mm, I quit no more. Like you have to, you know, you have to keep going and realize that not everything is going to be a home run. So it's a lot of, you know, a lot of group efforts and feedback and just constant, you know, yes, this is right. Yes. It's on the right track. Yeah, that's great. Or how about we do this? You know? So it's, it's a lot of feedback and brainstorming. Love that. All right, Bill, so, back to so, you. So curveball, how has digital marketing changed since a year ago? That is a good question. 
Um, well, considering that there are no longer loads of in-person conferences, right? So for one, digital marketing changes where, you know, mostly everything's online, uh, virtual, right? Virtual events and conferences and, and companies are now realizing that they have to pay more attention to social because they don't, they aren't going to these massive trade shows every, you know, quarter, whenever, however frequent they were doing it and conferences. And so what's changed is people realizing that they have to be doing this, right? So companies have already, obviously, every company has been on the social media bandwagon, but I don't think people have been taking it as seriously as they have, you know, in this past year, because they had to take it seriously. So that's one. The second thing is, which I've been talking about the entire time since we've, we've been chatting here, is more of that human connection. Because people crave that more than anything, especially now that we don't have as much in-person interactions as we do now. So you have to be more human in everything you do, and you have to humanize your brand. And that's what we do at Mod Girls. We help humanize brands so it's not so stale, and you're not just posting the boring, lame content that no one cares about. You have to be, you know, storytelling, right? More, more storytelling is is more important than ever, and then leveraging human stories. So talk more about customer stories, uh, employee stories. So really just leveraging more of the human elements uh, behind digital and social. I love that. That authenticity is a huge authenticity. Thing. Yes. 100%. It's gigantic. So, so I think what I heard you say is there, there are a lot of companies now that are, that are on social. There's a lot of noise now on social and on digital platforms. Yes. So what, how, what is it that you're teaching your clients in digital marketing to, to do better, to stand out from the competition? Yeah. Good question. Think outside the box and try new things. So don't do what everyone else is doing or you're going to look like everyone else. So you, we have to get creative here. Uh, we have to lead with a, a hook, right? And the, and the copy and, and get creative on what questions we ask people to get them to engage. And it's, it's really just testing out new things. Let's try out different media. Let's try videos. Let's try, you know, to upload a document. I mean, there's so many different ways to get creative. And I feel like that is something that a lot of companies lack. And I think it's just because they, a lot of marketing teams have so much on their plate. And so they're just like, let's just throw up some posts. Like we have to, we have to post on social media, you know, and they just get in this habit of just, let's just throw up the latest blog posts, you know, and then you look like everyone else. And so it's taking it a step further and thinking, how can we stand out? Like, what can we do to make us stand out from the crowd? And how can we leverage the humans in our company to do that and, and our customers to do that? And so it's, a lot of it is experimentation, to be honest, Bill. I'm trying new things. And a lot of companies are afraid of that, especially old school companies, because they don't know any better. Like that's all they know is doing the same thing over and over again. So it takes people coming in that are that are like, okay, let's let's encourage the trying new things because that's really how you grow is you step outside of your comfort zone and you innovate and you try new things and some things are gonna work and some things aren't, and that's okay. But once you find something that works, then you can, okay, let's rinse and repeat and try new things based off of that. Can I jump into asking you a story? So uh, tell us some, something that you've done with a client. You don't have to name them, but just generally that um, was sounding like everyone else and getting lost in the noise. What did you do with them that got them to really stand out and potentially kind of what result did they get? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot here, but I will say... Um, Taking 
a different look. So we had a client in a particular industry that all looked the same and they were doing something a little bit different in the same industry, but slightly different way. And so we did, uh, we got them on camera and did videos, but we, we did it. The content was positioned in a way that built them up as the authority, but got people involved and engaged. And I feel like that's missing from a lot of companies is the engagement perspective. Because if you go and you look at, at social media posts from companies, I don't care if it's on LinkedIn or Facebook, or whatever, a lot of them are not, they're not uh, purposely getting engagement. They're not asking questions and getting people to comment, right? So that is huge. And so when you make that shift for people and you're like, hey, let's let's create posts that, that create engagement and start conversations. Let's let's be let's be known as people who start diet meaningful conversations, not pointless conversations, yeah. meaningful conversations. Oh my goodness, so much amazingness can come out of that. And so I would say that that part of like, let's let's transform your content to not just be so, oh, all about us. Look at me, look at me, look how great we are. Go to our website. Let's start dialogue and not even send people to your website all the time. I mean, you can, but you don't have to do that in every post, you know? Um, and I know you, you you guys are with me on this, but so many companies feel like every single post they make, they have to send a link back to their website or their blog or, or a video, whatever. And that's not the case. And so, you know, the, the long, the long, short version is engagement. I think focusing on a more engaging content strategy is what we have seen really transform with our clients. One of the things we have seen that, that does that are polls. Polls. Yep. Putting out polls and asking yes. for their point of view yes. has seemed to get some great engagement. Do you have any other tips on a question that you might ask or something that will elicit engagement? Um, it really depends on, you know, I like asking like experiences, like what has your experience been? Or have you ever experienced something like this? Or tell us a story in the comments about what you have found on a situation like this. You know, I like asking those types of oh, questions. Oh, those are great. Yeah. yeah. Because people usually give longer than two word responses and that's what you want. You want people to be like, oh, I'll tell you a story, you know? So I like asking questions like that. So love that we're going to, we're going to use that. We are going to use, we that. are going to use that. And, and, awesome. one of, and one of the things that we've seen, even with the polls with that really increased our clients engagement has been actually taking that and getting it in, as Bryn says, into the inbox, actually sending it to people via messenger mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and, yes. and asking them to, to engage on it. We, we I love that. Our clients come back and say, I've got more engagement on a post and more views of a post than I've ever had ever in, in, in my that's time. Amazing. So that, that's been really, really good. You talked a, a quite a bit about consistency. So in, in digital marketing, is there something, is there one thing that you, you tell your clients that if they do it consistent, that thing consistently, it's, it's going to open up and create new opportunities for them? Yeah, I mean, content, of course, right? So content and outreach is is my thing. And you guys are the, the sales, you know, sales experts here. So I know you're not going to disagree with me there, but constantly getting in front of your target audience and constantly posting can, valuable content, not just throwing stuff up for the sake of throwing it up, right? So be consistent with your content and be consistent with your outreach, whatever that looks like. You know, whether it's your BDR team going out and building relationships on LinkedIn, whether it's cold email, I mean, you have to be doing both consistently if you really want to move the needle. So what do you say is cold email versus like a, an opted in email? 
do you think cold emails really works or I do yeah even though it's kind of you know depending on where you live <laughs> taboo right the whole yeah. GDPR thing um but no it works well especially when you combine it with LinkedIn you know because it's not it's not as cold when you are connecting with people on LinkedIn and then you, you send them a, a email a cold email that's like hey we recently connected on LinkedIn you know we do xyz is there anything we can help you with so it's just kind of taking that an extra step, but we found actually a lot of our B2B clients, uh, we found really good results with uh, even getting in front of immediately tell them what you do before you've added value. You find no, not really. It's just a quick little, um, like a one sentence ish on what the client does, but nothing very salesy. It's just like a high level, you know, let us know if we can help you with X, Y, Z type. Like that's the approach we take. Like, is there anything we can do to help you with do you ever do. send content or ask permission to send content? Because that's our big thing. You know, it's like, thanks so much for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I'm not sure if you're leveraging LinkedIn for your business development, but if you are, I have some great resources around X and Y. If you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to send a link. I like that approach a lot better than what a lot of people do is they just send the content. And that is such a turnoff for the majority of LinkedIn users because so many people are doing that right now. So yes, I'm all about that. But what I say is to our clients and, and to um, members that, that I coach is, you know, see what they're saying in the dialogue and then customize that based on what content works best, you know? So like once you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, this is their challenge, then of course you can write back and be like, oh, actually, I think you would love this new, you know, five-step report we put out on what you just said you need help with and then send it. So I am with you on the fact of like, or sending them after they gave you information instead of just blanketly sending out, which we get all the time. I'm sure you guys do too. You know, we just came out with this new report and they just blasted it to everyone with no context, you know? So I'm with you, but in a, you know, in a strategic way. Awesome. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, making sure they actually connected with, with the person on LinkedIn. I've gotten probably four emails in the last couple of weeks that we recently connect on LinkedIn and I and wanted to share with you. And like, no, we didn't connect on LinkedIn. Actually, you're wrong. We didn't. You, you pitched me on LinkedIn first and I didn't take your connection request. Oh my God. Anyway, that, that, so you brought up the opposite worlds. So you're in marketing and you said, well, you guys are in sales. So as we all know, in the in in the world there's this little competition or maybe butting of heads between sales and marketing a lot of the folks that are going to be listening to this 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 um show are from sales what advice would you give them to work better with the marketing department marketing i worked with a with a gal for a long time and she calls it smarketing right sales and marketing they just they have to go hand in hand so my tip is the more information you can give your marketing team, the better off everyone is going to be because us as marketers, we are not sitting on your sales calls. We are not sitting on your demos. Like we don't know the questions these people are asking your prospects. So you have got to have an amazing relationship with your marketing team if you want to make big things happen in your organization. So it's all about that open communication and giving the marketing team what they need. And that is gold. Yeah. That, so right there, if you're listening, I hope you wrote that down. And I hope as soon as you get off of this webinar, you email, call, send flowers to buy chocolate for or coffee for your marketing person and say, hey, let's get on a Zoom call and let's talk about how we can work together. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. 
uh, because while we're salespeople, we also are de facto marketers because we do a lot of stuff for, for, for ourselves. So uh, we've had to, we had to really, really learn that. And we are still learning. And, and one of the things I'd say, and you, you said it, you know, you don't know the questions that they're hearing, the salespeople uh, are hearing. And that's so very important because that is the content that you need to be writing to exactly are, are to the needs that they're that they're hearing it's so so exactly. very important yeah and there's so there's such a big disconnect i feel like with a lot of organizations with sales and marketing and and you know they blame each other and, and if you look at their content stuff it's clear that they're not they don't have a great relationship the sales and marketing team like it's rather obvious you know or they wouldn't they wouldn't have stale boring you know digital campaigns well we, we're working on a joint client right now well name them, but we've done all the sales training, but their sales and marketing are siloed. And so you've been, I introduced you in and they're thrilled and you're now bridging that gap by interviewing the executives for the thought leadership and the salespeople for the thought leadership and bringing the, the content to them so that marketing now is producing not just content that they want to produce, but that the the end user, their clients want to consume. So exactly. um, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's so powerful too when you do that. And it's just setting up systems inside the organization to make sure that, you know, sales is actually relaying the information that needs to be relayed to marketing. You know, it's it's simple, but when you've been doing it for such a long time, the old school way, it's not as simple for these companies, you know, that have been doing right. it that way for a long time. The concept is simple, but it's just like ingraining that in their brains. So like, let's come up with a system now to where we are consistent with communicating with sales and marketing. It, it seems it always comes back to communication, right? 100%. Yep. Mandy, this has been so good. So many great nuggets. I took notes. I, I the whole user experience and I forget how you said it. I've got to go back and, and but you have your unique experience, your unique user experience. Um, I'm going to use that for sure. So thank you for, for giving me that. So, for giving us stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So um, thank you for giving me content. So how can how can the uh, the listeners stay in touch with you, check you out, work with you? Yeah, for sure. So LinkedIn, obviously, is a great place to connect, Mandy McEwen, but modgirlmarketing.com. You can check out our website. We just recently launched a new brand, which is linked on there. Luminetics, which is our LinkedIn uh, specific thought leadership brand. So you can check that out. But yeah, modgirlmarketing.com and LinkedIn really are the best places. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Manny, thanks so much for being with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Bye. once again uh, tuning in here to Making Sales Social. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you, Mandy, so much. Bye bye. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.